Are you ready? Can't crush us. It don't really get no better than this. The podcast that you're looking for. If you're really heavy in the wrestling, hosted by the mark. Energy that's so amazing. Gotta keep it entertaining. Rep the can't crush a nation. Yeah, you know what's going down in the ring. Lights out when you hit a ding ding. Knock them out like boom, bada bing. Hold it down, you can crown me the king. Gotta shout out to the Miz and Duke the Dumpster. We choke slamming everybody. Power driving, hit them with a face buster. Yeah, yeah, this the show you need and and it ain't no need for waiting. Mark, hold it down for the can crush a nation. All about wrestling and keep it entertaining. Can crushers wrestling podcast. Time to break them. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Let's go. Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mark the Mark Martinez. That is the co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Sir Michael Jenks. Hello, everyone. I am surprised we didn't waste my good hello this week. What does that mean? Every The past two weeks, every time we go to, you start me off, you cut me off halfway through my hello, and I'm feeling it, and you're like, wait, we weren't recording or something, and then we have to re-record it again. And then we record it, and it's like a hoo, because I wasted all the energy on the first one. Well, let's do it again so, right now. Yeah, <laughs> My cockles are refreshed today. I'm drinking pumpkin again. It's, they're refreshed. They're rejuvenated. They're feeling life. It's autumn time. It, it officially and, is autumn time. I started a couple weeks ago with it to roll into it, but now I want pumpkin... Spice lattes, I want pumpkin cookies, I want pumpkin pie, which I had last week. I want pumpkin beer, I want pumpkin everything. I gotta say, I am the weirdest person in the world. From we here on that. out, yeah, I know, a lot of people know that, but this is gonna make it, may sound it make it a little more weirder. From now until Thanksgiving, I refuse to eat anything that's related to a Thanksgiving dinner, including pie or anything, because I want Thanksgiving to be that gorge fest where I just enjoy everything because I put myself on a self-mandated reprieve from all of that. So Stupid. It might be stupid, but it's something you can ask my family. Swear to God, it is something I've done since I was 15 years old. No reason, prime reason. It's just something I've done and something I'll always do. I just love the buildup to Thanksgiving, withholding everything because I'm going to go balls to the wall Thanksgiving Day. And I know that, so I might as well just wait and savor it all on the day of Thanksgiving. So we're talking no yams, no uh, maybe cornbread, no, no stuffing, turkey, no, no not stuffing, even a turkey sandwich, not even turkey sandwich, no pumpkin pie, no, no corn pie. It's no, corn. Corn I do eat. I will give that corn I do eat, but it's like those main fixings like. Potatoes and gravy and things of that nature. Nah, man, we're on a we're on a dry zone for all of that until Thanksgiving Day. Wow. Yeah. Well, mine wasn't really pumpkin pie. Not to cut you off. Yeah, mine no, you was because after the football game, real quick. By the way, yep. told you they weren't going to cover the fucking thirty. I knew you. <laughs> when I, I was going to ask you about the game, I saw the score at like halftime, and that and I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> 
we we went to, and I'll get to the game. Well, uh, the whole <laughs> shit should be about the game. Went to the Cheesecake Factory afterwards with soup and, and enjoyed that. It was fun and a good time. I got the mango key lime pie cheesecake to bring home. Kelly was so original, she got vanilla bean. And then Ethan wanted pumpkin pie cheesecake to be brought home. Okay. Because I was, I gorged there after the game. I didn't eat during the game. I ate prior to the game, Permani Brothers. Clearly, two hours before kickoff, slide in there, get a Permani Brothers, have a beer, settle yourself. But I took a little bite uh, of Ethan's pumpkin pie cheesecake. I I love me some cheesecake. Yeah. But I love pumpkin pie. Like, I love pumpkin pie. Yeah. Two of them together, it wasn't that great. I love normal cheesecake, which Kelly had, and I love the stupid ones—the mangoes, the key limes, the da 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 da. Yeah, pumpkin pie one just didn't go right. It's because both both flavors are working against each other to make it work, and it kills the taste. That's why I'm always afraid when you start pulling in like pumpkin pie, apple pie, or like some the main pies. Shit. The main pies you start bringing them into here. Now it doesn't work with cheesecake because they're both trying to get each other over. It's a terrible match concept, really, is what's happening in that pot, in that cheesecake. It sounds like it should be the most delicious thing in the world, but you're right. It's, it's, it's working against each other like Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. It just doesn't work. One's overselling at one point. We are a wrestling podcast. It's, we are Thanks. a wrestling podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime I can work in that gem of a match, I have to do it. So they're just, they're just working against each other at that point. But touche. So you brought up the game. Yeah. We head out. I wake Kelly up. I'm at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm ready to go. She's like, we're not leaving till 7, 38 o'clock. I know, but it's going to take you a while to get ready. Da, 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 da. She's not getting up. Da, da, come on, let's go. Da, da. <laughs> so that happens. So we get to Pittsburgh. She's napped on the way down. She's refreshed. She's ready to go. I'm a little kid at a candy store. Go buy some stuff. Get some permanies, have a yingling, call it good. And I'm watching the spread the whole time. When we left, it was a 30-point spread. I didn't think they were going to do it there. Yeah. We park. It's a 33-point spread. We get in our seats, and we're, we're kind of like in the family section of yeah. season ticket holders, I think. We just, I just start mingling with everybody. Kelly's like, you don't know these people. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm an idiot. You know, I talk, I have a podcast and I talk to anybody. So I said, are you checking on the spread right now? He's like, yeah, 15 minutes before the game. Da, 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 da. He's like, it's 34 and a half. So oh. round. We ha- you have to round because there's yeah. no halves. So it's a 35 point spread. No way in hell, if I was a quadrillionaire, would have I have taken Pitt and a 35-point spread. And I love me some pit. Yeah. I wouldn't take a 35-point spread if it was Alabama and somebody. That's just too high of a spread to bet on. Yeah. I would have taken, if I had the money and bet, Rhode Island to cover it. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> I will say this right off the bat. Pitt's offense looks good. Pitt's defense looks good when they play teams. They essentially just played prevent the whole game. ACC matchups are coming up. They're not giving stuff away against an FCS team. They're they're not. Yeah. 
So the 35-point spread ended up being what? I I don't even remember the score. 20? 21? I think you don't have to look it up. It's all right. But I was just, trying to look it up anyways. I think 45-24. Yeah, 21. Yeah. yeah. It, I knew everybody around us was like, this is not getting covered. If anything, they were going to pull, you know, starters out and let me and you call, yeah. hey, Mark and Jenks, how fast can you get here? I'm already on the field. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. That was what well, we talked about. It was 35 last on last Friday night. I get I'm with you in the same boat. That's too high for anything to even hope for because there are teams out there that see that can be really great, but they will play down to other teams because a, they don't have to try that hard. B you're right. They're starting backups. They're starting freshmen, red shirts, anything they can. Because why, why waste your starters or hurt your starters if you can just get them off the field and still beat the team that you're facing? So 35 is just too putrid. And I, you're right. And during these games, you're not even trying your best offensive plays because you don't want to give anybody any tape whatsoever. This was bare bone skeleton playbook at its finest. And they still put up 45, but there's no way right. that they were going to, there was no way that, that spread was going to fly. But. And then I was trying to explain the spread to Kelly after, like, me and the other guys are in our section, simmered down and talked to our families then. Um, she's like, I don't understand it. I said, all right, before the game starts, it's 35 nothing Rhode Island. She's like, Pitt's never going to win this game. Ah, I said, that's only in Las Vegas. I said, forget everything we just talked about and you just worry about the scoreboard. So after the game, 44 points, Kelly's like, so Pitt won both places. I said, no. She's like, they put up 44. I said, but they didn't win by 35. Yeah. She's like, you idiots around me confused the hell out of me. If you would have just said that from the start, I would have got it. <laughs> there you go. Fair. Fair enough. But I, yeah, and I think to that point, though, you're looking at it's – it's all how you describe it and how people think about it. Like in terms for you and I, we understand that 35 to handicap, essentially. They're giving you 35 points to beat Pitt with, even if Pitt scores 45, right? Yeah. But to maybe the non-sports people out there, fans, you have to say, well, Pitt's got to beat them by 35 to hope for the best. It's hard to distinguish that because I've had this conversation several times with several people in my family. So I completely understand where she's coming from and how you would explain it. Cause that's how I tried explaining it before. And people were just like, Nope, not even connecting. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on that same side note about the game, then we'll move on to wrestling or Jenks's week because mine was pretty mundane besides that, besides Wednesday. We'll talk about Wednesday here in a minute. Um, I started the process Jenks. So you're, you're in, the scheme of this, too. Okay. I'm buying Pitt season tickets next year. Whoa. Two. Wow. Now, what's I'm an alum. I'm an, well, one, I'm a, because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And I enjoy college football more so than NFL right now. Yeah. This was a mundane. There might have been four Rhode Island people there. <laughs> so it was pretty mundane. But even for, like, their big game, the West Virginia game, 
everything else Pitt's going to do is, you know, they might get a little riled up at Clemson when they come to town or Miami or something. Eh, but overall, I mean, you got Duke, you got this, you got that. Yeah. They're all mid-level teams. I love Pitt. I love the sport. I love supporting my alum. So that's where this came from. I like, I am a big guy like this that understands this. I love the band performances at halftime too. I'm not one to go to the bathroom at halftime. I don't blame you one bit because they are very entertaining when they're on. So I don't disagree with you one whatsoever. I always try to find clips of the Ohio State, even though I despise Ohio State. I try to find their band performances because they are some of the best that I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. Halftime's a can't miss spectacle at college football. And not a lot of people realize that. I yeah. feel like. So, so Kel wants to go to one game a year and she said, she'll pick the game. I said, that's fine. I said, but you're not allowed coming to a noteworthy game. game. Like, I love her. She cannot come and sit next to me at the backyard brawl. Yeah. Come on. That's getting, that's intense. Yeah. You have to bring intensity 100%. You can't be on Facebook. You can't be texting Sabrina and the Teenage Witch and any of these other people. <laughs> because that's her real name. But uh, you, you can't be like. Well, my mind went to the Teenage Witch, but I wasn't going to make the comments. <laughs> you, you just can't be. You have to be engulfed fully into a game like that. You want to come to Rhode Island again next year? Not that it's going to be Rhode Island. Cool. You want to do two games, Rhode Island and Boston College. Awesome. That essentially means that I have five tickets available to sit next to me at the other, because five or six is roughly what they play right. at home. So I'm saying five. For hooligans like yourself, the English professor. So you've seen the movie The Fever Pitch, right? Yeah. 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 You guys have to do something like that. The one that gives the worst like kind of shtick is going to go to the Duke game or is going to go to the <laughs> Georgia Tech game or something like this. You guys have to wow me to get to get the backyard brawl. I know it's not going to happen next year there, but assessments is a big game. We got to wow you to get the backyard, but I'll take a fucking Duke game and be a fucking hooligan <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs and 30 people in that stadium. <laughs> if I and have enjoy to it. And enjoy the fuck out of it because I'm. That's but that's fair. Um, honestly, I'd just be the troll. I would just fucking wear the opposite team shit and just mess with you. I'm kidding. I knew that would get you pissed off. <laughs> oh, that's it for this show. Remember, guys. Jenks is no longer allowed on this podcast anymore after this. <laughs> but no, I, I thought. Listen, I'm an alum. I get a little bit of a cheaper deal. Yeah. It's yeah. so. And I liked the section that we were in. It was the opposite side of Pitt, 112. They, they were perfect seats. I liked it. I would imagine that's kind of the visitor section. Yeah. You might get a ton of people. You you might not get any people. I'm all right with that. Yeah. So we are going to go to one more game this year. Oh, nice. Do you have a targeted game yet? Yeah. Yeah, because it's our anniversary weekend. We're going to oh, go to the nice. Syracuse game. Oh, that's not going to be a bad game. Syracuse is kind of good this year. so Big, that's... big ACC matchup. It could be in, in a month, essentially. Yeah. So she's like, what time is that game going to be? I don't know. Could be a night game. Could be a 12 o'clock game. Depends on. What happens depends... over the next four weeks of ACC <laughs> matchups. Depends on how good Pitt and Syracuse are after 
the yeah. next four weeks. Yeah. They did move tonight's game to eight o'clock against Georgia Tech, who is one and three. I don't understand that. And this was moved, this was moved last Monday prior to, and we have to, I, I'm sorry that we didn't do this 15 minutes ago, but this was moved prior to Hurricane. Like Georgia yeah. Tech was already knowing this is going to be an eight o'clock game. Hmm. That's interesting for the most. Yeah, that is weird. But. On the ACDC network. I don't okay. know. Hmm. Yeah. Again, uh, a little bit into this, and I, I apologize because I'm a hooligan myself. Um, I'll let Jenks say what he wants to. Thoughts and prayers go out to everybody dealing with Hurricane Aftermath of uh, over the week because it was crazy. I actually have a cousin down there, um, have some distant family in, in Fort Myers. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy what, ha- what has inspired and went on. Uh, again, just thoughts and prayers with all you guys. Um, and, and because it's a wrestling show, there's a ton of wrestlers down there as well. You're going to see yeah. – you probably saw last night SmackDown affected by it. You essentially saw Dynamite affected by it. That low rosters, uh, they can't get out, they can't get in. Uh, they're dealing with their homes. So, uh, guys, keep Florida in your thoughts and prayers. They're going to be with over two million people without uh, electricity right now. Right now. This is going to be a battle for a long time. So. Keep them in your thoughts and prayers, and just if you can donate, donate. If you can go down, go down. Whatever you can do to help these people um, for this noteworthy cause. Completely agree. Um, yeah, there's always the personal aspect to it to think about. Um, for myself, one of my good high school friends actually lives in the Tampa area. He had to get evacuated, mandatory evacuation. He used to be on the trivia team while he was up here in Erie. So he got evacuated, hopefully. Thankfully, out before that, and uh, Cody Hetrick, his beautiful wife's family lives down there as well, her cousins and that. They live in that area, so um, I know they were deeply affected by it. This was a scary, probably one of the more scary hurricanes that I've seen come through here in a long, long time. So Echo Mark sentiments, if you can donate, great. If you can go down and help out, even better. If you just thoughts and prayers, if you have them. You know, this is going to be a long road to recovery for a lot of people down in the Florida area, the Tampa area, you know, Sarasota. Just be with them, have them in your thoughts and prayers, wrestlers, anybody alike. It's going to be a long road back to what normal was for them. Um, but we're, we're all praying for them. I think I saw last numbers, unfortunately, 21 lives lost, unfortunately, to this. Uh, but, you know, this is, Unfortunately, one of those natural disasters that can't be avoided when it just comes roaring its way, rearing its ugly head. So hopefully they're all right. I know it rebounded. It's hitting the Carolinas next, but it's only Hurricane 1. But still, there's going to be there's going to at least be some damage there, too. So thoughts and prayers with the Carolinas as it starts rebounding back into the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Um, yep. All right, shifting to a better note, hopefully. How was, as you heard about me, um, how was your week? Week was good. Uh, did end up at the Pumpkin Fest last weekend. Uh, line, things aligned. Um, you know, 
it was beautiful. It was fantastic. I walked away with two bottles of booze as yeah. I walked away. Uh, cinnamon candied apple. I think I've had that before. That's a beautiful one. And a Q Abides, which is a whiskey, uh, it's like a whiskey cream liqueur. So think Bailey's, think along those lines. It's one of those. I've never tried it before. Like I can't pass it up now. So going to try it here, hopefully by coffee tomorrow morning, I think, or either that or on Sunday morning. So it's going to be a nice little chef's kiss on that. But uh, good weekend there. Good visit. My sister came back. Sister and husband came. Her husband came back from Tennessee last week, picked up the pup. So Bailey has been uh, without a friend for the past week, which means she's gotten a lot more sleep in. Uh, she's definitely been sleeping a lot more. Pup was good. You know, my sister did bring me back this nice little frost buddy koozie. I don't know if you've seen these on TikTok, Mark. I'm acting like anybody else can see it, but yeah, I got one of the frost buddy koozies. <laughs> I can't see it. I know you they can. Can't. They also bought me a lovely bottle of bourbon from nice little sipping bourbon from Tennessee as well. I can't remember the name. It's on the table in the kitchen right now, but yeah, so I have a nice bottle of sipping bourbon out in the kitchen right now. So win, win, little- win. Win, win, win. Eventually crack that bottle open at some point and enjoy that. Outside of that, it's been a fever pitch at work, and it's just been a long week, so I'm just glad to be sitting down talking wrestling and having a beer for one. So, or two. Or three. Or, this is number two, so it's definitely going to be three by the end of this. So, Jenks, you remember work, by the way, we're covering wrestling in segment two and three this week. We'll get there when we get there. Shot. Maybe that sweet-ass bourbon. Do you remember last year I was the in a 21st movie. of September? What? You said, do you remember? So I had to throw in the 21st of September, but go ahead. Oh, I, had to put in the, I had to put in Earth, Wind, and Fire. Go ahead. Remember last year I was in a movie? You know, I do remember that. You are a big, famous movie star now. Mountain Devil 3? Yeah, I do remember that. I finally got my copy, sat down and watched it today. Note, guys, I didn't go to work. Um, sat down, I watched that today, and I only got it in hand, because I got killed again today. I am back on the big screen. Dying, uh, noble death, I'm assuming. Oh, this one was good. (laughs) I got shot three times. Three times? Yep. Now, what was the kill shot? When my brain got blown out. <laughs> so we're not talking double tap. It was a full-on triple threat just right to the back of the dome. Got it. Got No, no. Front of the dome. Oh, front of the dome. Okay. Front of okay. the dome. I, I don't want to give it away. It, because I don't want to give you the whole plot of this. Because it's, it's a great movie. It, it really is. Got hit in the shoulder, hit in the rib, and then somehow I get blasted in the face. Just telling you. In the face. This movie is coming out in February. It is called Guts on the Chainsaw. So wait a minute. You didn't even get killed by a chainsaw. You had to get shot. Right. I'm pretty important in this movie. I would have thought an important people would have got the chainsaw. It's in the title. Well, saying. it's a plot twist. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> the chainsaw turns into a gun. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I recorded my scene. <laughs> I have no oh, clue what I'm talking about. So this is like a Marvel setup where you only know one scene of the movie. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And then okay. even the actors in this movie have to go to the premiere to watch the whole thing unroll. Okay, fair enough. Fair so, enough. I'm excited. I, I think you should be. I mean, who... Who in their lifetime gets to die twice? Right? <laughs> the producer, director, and everything. He's like, all right, your next movie, you probably won't die. I'm like, no, no, no. That's what I'm known for. I don't want to be in a movie if I don't die. I think this needs to be you survive. Like, you're just the main character in the movie. You survive till about halfway through, and then they off you. I'm thinking, like, Samuel L. Jackson... Deep Blue Sea, if you've ever seen that one. He's like the main character. People think he's going to be in there the whole time. Halfway through, he gets eaten by sharks. And it's like the most random thing. The thing just comes out of like this little hole in the ground, grabs him, pulls him back underwater to eat him. Like Dexter Loomis coming out of the ring. Exactly. Just comes up, grab you, and pull you back down. The worst CGI I've seen in film in about 20 years. But, yeah. But I'm just – I'm throwing out ideas out there for your next step. That's all I'm saying. Well, and there's a lot – spinning off of this as well. Keep your eyes and ears open for many moons. Many, many, many moons. That's a long-distant teaser. (laughs) I will say, Mark, this was the... I've heard two movie news, including this one this week. This is by far my favorite. Good. You've you've outstretched Logan Wolverine returning to Deadpool. (laughs) Just saying. I'm sure. I, I have not been on Twitter since I died, so I can only imagine what is being said about me right now. Uh, I'm sure only greatness. Only greatness. Only greatness. Because there was there was high end execs and everything around. I believe it. You're a high highly important person. I mean, when you're the head de- death in the movie, it, you're going to be. Everybody's going to be around for it. Yeah. They're bending at your will. Make sure you come back. They're bending at something. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to get to wrestling really right after this. We're going to tell you about Caller now. We'll have hoodies, tees, all the cool stuff that Al Snow and his hooligans have. Check it out. Go to Caller now. Buy some stuff and use our promo code. It's Can Crushers. All one word. Capital C and Can. Capital C and Crushers. You save 10%. We got some emails this week, Jenks. And asking because of what we did on Wednesday. And we'll talk about Wednesday to start the second show because it's wrestling related. Who we would like to be on the podcast interview. I said I have a one word answer. Everyone. Yeah. We'll talk to everybody. We love it. We love hearing the stories from Indies to Manny Fernandez to our guest this week, Cherry. We love them. We want to hear the stories. We have, we'll throw questions at you, but it's mostly just talk. Yeah. And, I know a lot of people think that's a cop-out answer, but it's really not. Because if you think about the crux of this podcast, everybody's got a different story to tell, how they got into the business or how the business has treated them in their lifetime or how they've been in, however long they've been in the business. You could be in the business for six months, going to AEW, dying dark and all that, or you could be in the business for many, many years and be a bushwhacker somewhere. And that you know, it just spans a lot of time. Every story is interesting and every path, even after wrestling is interesting in its own right. We talked to the 
uh, that I can't think of his name right now, but the pastor who was a former wrestler, Chris Watley. Chris Watley, thank you. He was a former wrestler, became a pastor. You know, the Mass Saint movie was about him, and it, his life took a whole different road. I mean, everything is fascinating, and everybody has a different story to tell. And that's what makes it beautiful. And that's why we say everyone, because it makes so much goddamn sense. I would rather, I would want to hear from everybody under the sun than nobody. So. Touche. Yep. So that answered that one, uh, which leads me to tell you guys next week is Ask Can Crushers. We'll do hot topics. We'll answer yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. We'll do, we'll answer all your questions. And we know next Saturday night, is Extreme Rules. We will also throw our predictions in there. So we're dedicating most of the time to Ask Can Crushers. Get your emails in. What's the email, Jenks? Cancrusher69 at gmail.com. There you go. Or if you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, you can ring us and leave us a message at 814-299-6687. 814-299-6687. It's a three-minute limit. Get your question in three minutes, and we'll call it a deal. Anything over that, Cody, you're not getting the show. Don't take five tries. And yes, we still do have merch. I posted it yesterday. Uh, we have on, merch? Yeah. I've been really slacking <laughs> on that. We do have merch. Uh, check it out. It is on our Facebook page, or you can go to our home website, which is cancrusher69.wixsite.com backslash cancrushers. You'll find it all there. It's linked. Everything is linked together. If you go to our homepage, all our merch is there that you can buy, help support the show. Jenks, I don't know if I told you this, but I also have one other question. What's that? Somebody asked us for autographs. Somebody wants our autographs, huh? Yeah. Ah. So, uh, do we throw some pictures together? I'm thinking we have to. If the demand is there, we might as well provide for it. The supply and demand. If it ain't easy. If it ain't easy, supply and demand. So, yes, 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 photos are coming. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it depends on how much my wife allows me to spend on this first go-around to see how much they are, but we'll get you photos. I'm actually excited for that one. I really am. Like, I love yeah. the merch. I love all our stuff that we have. I love being associated with Collar and Elbow, but I never thought, essentially four and a half years ago, that somebody's going to say, hey, I want your autograph. It, it's amazing how, thing, how things just change overnight. Now I, I'm a movie I, star. So you're a movie star? I, they might be double. You know, once you get these autographs, they can only go up in value, I feel like. so. Especially if you watch Mountain Devil 3. three exactly. Maybe you can like include it as a special edition. Package it, get something going with the production companies, package the movies together with an autograph. Look at that. Wow. Look at this. Look at you, There's marketing. Marketing campaigns, yeah. Marketing. Speaking of marketing, here comes Al Snow to tell you more about <laughs> Caller and Elbow. We'll be back to talk wrestling. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. 
a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Hey, it's Ruthie J, the hottest prospect in South Florida, the gold standard, and you're watching Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. I'm Mark Mark. That's Sir Michael Jenks. We took a little bit of a break, had a beer, chatted a little bit, and I forgot to tell Jenks one thing during the first segment. Jenks, my order of picture frames has arrived. Oh. So you know what that means. Shit's getting hung up and shit's getting rearranged. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a day set yet because there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. I don't, maybe it's another day that I take off of work, but I'm pretty stupid about my picture frames. I like the picture frames. They're all the same picture frame, either 16 by 20 or 95 by 160. They're all the same frame. So I order them from the same place all the time. Takes a little time to get here once in a while. I pulled the trigger on 15 and I put out of the other 30 pictures that I had unframed thus far. Had to decipher, you didn't make the cut. You made the cut. You, you So 15 are good. They're ready. There's wall space. It's just, can I have the Mountie next to Brutus Beefcake? Or can I have Hikiru Ashida next to Julia Hart? Right. Like, there's... There's things at play here. And this is when my wife goes to the casino. Because this isn't all that... You would think this hang-up 15 pictures, call it a day. Well, I have a whole new wall on the outside now. That stuff needs to go out there. I need to decipher what's over here. Do I intermingle the pictures of me and the indie stars? Yeah. It's time for a change. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. (laughs) I can't... Oh, my God. It's a process. I have I a kind of. I would. Here's the other thing. For me, I think I would get sick joy of just coming down and just drinking while watching you just have anxiety over changing this wall around. Because I feel like it, that's all it is. It's just an anxiety-inducing. I can't put him to Tonka next to fucking Ted DiBiase or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> But, like, even though I know they're in the Million Dollar Corporation together, it's like you just losing your mind about things that have happened in wrestling history. You're like, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 When the first wall started to go up, it was going to be built around Flair and Horseman on one side, and then okay. their opponents on the other side. Then I was trying to pull it from, all right, well, Dusty was in WWF, and then he fought with him. So then, like, this person was on the other side of Dusty. <laughs> there's no way it's, there's absolutely no way I have to stop and just hang them by the way speaking of Dusty I didn't mention this either 
I did start watching Survivor Series, the old Survivor Series again. So I'm looping it in. Third one came up, the polka dotted American Dream. Uh, American Dream. Just Yeah, so uh, Survivor Series 3, handcuffed to the ring ropes, Bossman does a number on him. You got Bloody Dusty, the. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to catch up. It's call it off yeah. work Monday. If you're There's listening, call it off work Monday. I'm getting Survivor. We're at Survivor Series three right now, going on to four. I already finished three. I Although I keep, I keep forgetting somehow missing and forgetting why uh, Heenan replaced Blanchard in the match against Ultimate Warrior against the Ultimate Warriors. I still cannot remember that because Heenan's in the match and he's the last one eliminated. And it happens right before the match, and I don't know what happened. Is that when Blanchard kind of got into a fight backstage, and then it, he kind it, of left? It might have been, yeah. yeah. It might have been right around that time. Because Arn lingered for a moment, and then he came, see you yeah. bye. Yep, exactly. So yeah. I think it was right around that time, because this is right before, I think, the entire Hina family implodes. Yeah. Um, and Andre gets eliminated within 10 seconds of the match beginning. So Horrible. Horrible. Guys, this past Wednesday was probably uh, epic for me. It, it really was. I, I always say this because I love the Spotlight Show. Jenks loves being on when he can. But I enjoyed chatting with Cherry. If you have not listened to it, go back, listen to it. Um, blowing up, honestly, and I'm not going to pull punches. Blowing up, that uh, getting rave reviews that she doesn't do many. And she doesn't do a lot. And she chooses one or two a year. And she chose us this year. And we talk early career, OVW, some WWE. Just It, it, it was almost like me and you sitting down having a beer, drink, uh, drinking and talking. Yeah. It was flow and it was awesome. And I can't wait to see her at WrestleCade. Well, I'll just leave it at that. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm jealous because I was you were going to, to be, be on it. it. I was supposed to be on it, but a part of it, I think up until Tuesday or Wednesday or the day of, and then fucking work. Um, but tis the life. But yeah, I was jealous about it. But man, hearing the rave reviews, seeing everything, you're, you're magic, man. I don't know what to tell you, Mark. This is why Stop. people want your autograph. Stop. This is I'm... why people want your autograph. All right, I'll, 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 between that and two movies, okay. Yeah. Do ne- never call me Magic Man again. <laughs> Onward and upward. Jenks, we were all over the place to end the show last week, and I know we both went back. Yeah. I loved everything. By the way, catch up, folks, because this is going to be a rough ride. I loved everything about that Bloodline Sammy moment. Dude. That was brilliant from beginning to end was absolutely brilliant. I was an emotional wreck during it. Who had the shirt? Roman didn't have the shirt the whole time. I'm trying to, I was trying to figure that out too. I could not pinpoint who had the goddamn shirt. The only person I could think of was Silo or Solo. 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 Silo. Silo. I don't, I always want to call him Silo, but, uh, the only person I can pinpoint is Solo because he was right behind them. Unless, like, a cameraman had it hidden or something and 
I don't know. But my God, I was heartbroken. I thought it was Festival of Friendship. You guys heard it. I was live reacting to it last week on the podcast. It was Festival of Friendship all over again. It was getting flashbacks. It was when KO handed Jericho the list and it was over. But my God, beautifully done. Chef's kiss. Yeah, man. The whole bloodline thing is still probably one of the best. There's other bests as well. But Sammy is shining like so much in this. And it's just, it shows what he has done from El Generico to P4 El Generico that he can encompass anything. Mm-hmm. And Roman's great. I thought I'd never say that a couple years ago. Roman's great. The Usos have always been great. Solo's being good as a bruiser. Heyman is legendary on the mic. Sammy takes all that. The wrestling, the mic, the comedy, which is still needed in the bloodline. He does all of that. He's my MVP of the bloodline right now. I completely agree. He's the jack of all trades. He can take anything and work with it. Look at the way he celebrated last week and tell me he's not the MVP. High five with uh, one of these. I can't remember. Jimmy. He loves Jimmy. 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 Jay doesn't he loves like Jimmy him. Jay's one. Yeah. I was getting confused. But the high five with twins. Jimmy. Yeah, I know. The hug with Solo. The hug with Roman, obviously. But with him and Jay, it was they locked eyes and he like laughed in his face. And it, but so Sammy was playing it up. He was loving life. But he knows how to interact with each one individually to make and sell that group and sell each individual person in that group. And that's what makes him special about the bloodline. Again, we know the end will come for Sammy in the bloodline, but he's just that great in it. And it's amazing to see how well Sammy has grown out of this. I really hope he gets a title shot after this. When it's all said and done and everything's done. I do too, but I still want him to have the 24-7 title. If WWE, they have to have heard it by now. that He gets, I don't know who the hell has it. At one point, a referee had it this week, then Nikki Cross got it, and I think Dana got it back, but we haven't seen it again. He He needs to get that and think that that is just as important as a universal and heavyweight and stand up front. I think because that would be the defining moment then where we get the lines cut between him and Sammy, between him and the bloodline, I mean, but he just stands up there with Roman so he can say we the ones. Yeah. It's it's what we want now. The 24-7 championship can become relevant with Sammy if it's for two weeks. As he's leaving, as yeah. we're getting to the end of this twist, give him that, and then that's what cuts it off. And then he can lose the damn thing, because I, I don't think it's a relevant title whatsoever. But you know where I'm going. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I feel like, and again, I'm speculating because that's all I do anymore, is speculate when the bloodline implodes. I think we start seeing this. We, I'm speculating. I think a lot of people are. Actually, I know a lot of people are. They're going to be involved in war games in some capacity. Roman's not going to be in the match, obviously, but I think the core group is going the other to be four. in it. The other four are going to be in it. So, with that being said, Sammy loses in war games. 
that's going to cause issues. That's going to be where we start to see the cookie crumble, right? I would but think. I think to your point, we can get a lot of run out of the 24-7 title. I would like to see him have it for a longer period of time because I feel like Solo coming in and just saving his ass every week from people trying to steal a title from him would be a phenomenal storytelling element. And it would, it would bring that title back up from relevance, back up to relevancy for a little while. I mean, he immediately drops it. It's gone like a heartbeat. Right. But yeah, I think there's a way to play this where Solo's continuously saving him over the course of the title reign. And that can play in for the next eight weeks, to be honest, because you can do that in a lot of different ways to make that work. So I think there's a way to do this. Fast forward to the end of SmackDown then, and you have the Usos against the Brutes for the titles. I thought, Jenks, I thought, Sir Michael Jenks, that, holy shit, this is happening. I thought so, too. It was damn near close until the very end. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Then it went wonky. Like, the end, like, the match was great. Yeah. Then wonky ending to me, and I'm like, oh, they're not winning it. Like, it was just, holy, like, it just, it was too fast of a turn. Well, as soon as Imperium came down, I'm like, motherfuck, this is, why are they down here? Why are they even involved? It was going, it was going south quick at that point, and you didn't know who was taking the fall, but somebody was taking the damn fall, and it ended up being Butch at this point, but... Yeah, overall, I mean, it was a great match, but again, fuck. We knew it was coming. Yeah. Did you like anything on Raw? Are you who we'll probably trickle back to something on SmackDown, so don't don't think we're done talking about it. <sighs> Bianca, Asuka, Alexa, damage control. I get it. I never thought I'd say this. I don't know if it's a two-commercial match. It was a little long for me. It was a it was a long match. Uh, I think they could have got away with the one commercial on it. I think to your point, it, it told the story, right? It Bailey, Bianca, ladder match, but the story was told before we kicked off the match. Well before we kicked well, off before the match. we kicked off the match. So we could have got away with a one story match, had the ending, do whatever you got to do with that and put over the match going forward. So, yeah, I agree with you. It, it was a little bit too long, but I do appreciate that they were giving the women extra screen time on this. It, yes. Before anybody comes at me. Yes, I agree with that. We, we could have spliced this up. There could have been two other matches out of this, though. True. Right. To give more women because it was showcased on two. But they were all there. You understand yeah. what I mean? And I mean, excuse me, I don't know. I got the hiccups now. Uh, but to the to the point, you picked the two hell of a women to have a good two commercial spot with because right. you know, and Yaga, you're not missing on. So I I can't fault them. I'm not gonna get too mad about it. But I agree with you. It was a little bit too long. I would have loved. The, I would have paid to see, you know, Alexa versus Dakota go at it or whatever, just some sort of different variation or some Oscar Dakota, something like that, just to kind of spice it up a bit and get another match in there. We did on SmackDown get Dakota and Raquel, which 
I have I have some beefs about this, and I don't think I said them last week. They're pushing Raquel, which is fine and dandy. I've always been a fan, especially in NXT, especially when her and Dakota were together. I yeah. love that. I love those two together. So when we got this match last week, I was like, this is going to be a great match. Good match. <sighs> Raquel dropped the titles so she could drop her partner altogether. Where the hell has Aaliyah been? This is where I'm twisting all of this. They dropped the titles from Raquel, which we all knew Damage Control was going to get them at some point. But their next opponents, I think, are going to be Raquel and Shotzi. Ah, why? What What happened to Aaliyah? Why doesn't she get a rematch? Is she legit yeah. hurt? Like, there was no story that Raquel got mad with her that she dropped the titles and turned on her or whatever. It was just like, lose the titles, the next show, Shotzi's making a save. Now, don't disrespect the Shotzi. I've always been a fan of Shotzi since IWC, so... Yeah, but it, to your point, it's just odd that we're throwing her into another tag team at this point. I don't, I, I'm, I'm right along with you. If the sole intention, I feel like the sole intention was that they were breaking up this tag team. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe Leah is truly injured and they had to pivot somehow. Pivot. Just, pivot. Pivot. Sorry. Pivot. Friends. Um, I know. I, as soon as you started doing it, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. But maybe the, the goal was, okay. They were supposed to get a rematch. That's not going to happen. Let's pull in Raquel. Let's give her somebody to work with, Shotzi, to just get Raquel a title shot. Another opportunity at it. Somebody takes a, Shotzi takes the fall in the next title match. I just don't... I had beefs with it for another reason. The story, the history between Dakota and Raquel was there. And I love that Nicole, that Cole gave a little bit of a Oh my god, these two used to be best friends. They used to be tag team partners. They won the first NXT Women's Tag Championship. Great. Thanks for that history lesson. There's more to be done with this rivalry. I feel like that they could have built this up a little bit more. Even if it was a couple weeks stretch out, and then you have like a one-off with these two having a one-on-one match, and then finally a tag team match. I just don't like that they threw it together. Kind of no hype. Nothing around it. And then it was a pretty... Uh, shoddy win, if you will. Shotzi win. We'll uh, Shotzi that. win. We'll that Shotzi win with her coming out and then Raquel stealing it that way. So it, to me, that was kind of the play here that I didn't like about it. I just wanted, let's, let's play into the history a little bit more. Let's have them beef a little bit. Give Raquel a mic. I know she's not, she's probably not the top tier star, but she can, you, you did it with Strowman. So just like give her the mic, let her go out there. She's got to feel her way around it. That's the only way you can get better. Roman, same thing. They gave him a mic. He wasn't sure. Sucker and Suckatash. And now he's the head of a bloodline and we want to listen to him speak every week. So you got to let him figure it out and throw him to the wolves at some point. Um, yeah, so- you're building Raquel up to be something big. Her first match on main roster was against Ronda. Exactly. You don't put her against Ronda if you don't want her to be a big star or your biggest heel monster, if you will. But they haven't done that yet. There's to that point. I'm going to go on this tangent. She doesn't have that edge that we know she's had in NXT. She's yep. very. 
lack of better terms, neutered right now because she's not. Wow. <laughs> she probably said spade. I don't know. But like, she just doesn't have that edge because it feels like they've curved off her character at that, at that juncture. Let her go loose. Let her be a face, but still be a destroyer. There's ways to do that. They tried it with Strowman a lot. I know that was the old regime, but there's ways to do that in this new regime. Just get after it. I love I love Raquel. I think she can do a lot and be that big, powerful monster that they want her to be. But you got to let her go a little bit. Let her run. Run run off the chain a little bit. Let her get going. So Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you as stop the tag teams with her. I, I want her... A la Nia Jax, when yep. she was coming out, she decimated indie stars for a while. I know it's it's overplayed, we see it, but let Raquel do three power bombs. Yeah. Or you know, something like that, because shit like that gets over. It might it be does. like, oh, they're gonna right, pick out any indie star. Da 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 da. And you're in Kentucky. So you have Hollywood Haley J. Sweet girl, lover. She's thin and, you know, small built yeah. lady. Perfect person that she starts to train with. Three yeah. power bombs. People are like, oh, this is a Wardlow thing. All right, next week she does it or whatever her move is. So I'm, the three power bombs is everybody's loving well, that right now. I mean, to that point, her move is essentially a power bomb just off of one arm. Right. So, yeah. You're in the, yeah. So do, do that three times. Next week. Same thing, but you're doing it in Connecticut. It catches on. I mean, at first we're like, Wardlow's just strong. He can do that. Oh, cool. This is him beating somebody up. Yes, this is a thing now. Yeah. We're we're calling for it then. Right. That is where Raquel, in my book, should be right now. Well, and let's go off. Let's go. Let's go to the originator of this whole, of that concept and who they worked and mastered that with Goldberg's whole thing was I'm going to come out, smash you, punch you, spear you, jackhammer you. I'm going back to bed in eight minutes. That was it. That was the master class of that whole thing. Now, Wardlow and Raquel are leagues above what Goldberg is in wrestling. Too. Athletically. Athletically, yes. They can do a lot more in the ring than what Goldberg could. But that simple formula that you were talking about. Get in there, three power bombs, show the strength. People love that. Strowman got over flipping ambulances and buses and tractor trailers. Right. Let's not forget that. With the chain winches that we've seen. With the chain winches, yeah, exactly. He got over flipping that stuff. People love that and they wanted to see more. So you can do that with these guys. Let Raquel go loose. I'm not saying give her 20 guys and feed her their security staff that they did Wardlow, but like just give her the people to feed to let her show that strength, let her build that up because people will want to see that and people would want to see her challenge for the women's title or at least step up to the tiers and face those other people that are at a higher tier than what she is in right now. Agreed. So, uh, side note, real quick, Mark. I'm looking out my window and it's a beautiful sunset through the trees. I had to call that out, guys. It's very beautiful outside, so I love the setting right now. But go on, go on. <laughs> I'm a nerd about I'm a nerd about nature and photographing it. So leave me alone. But I had to say it. it. Good. 
Good. And this is why it may be in some days, because I would have made you switch your camera right now if we end up on YouTube or something like that. But you are taking a picture. God damn you. I am going to take a picture. Um, As you're taking a picture, 923 came and went. But they trolled us, by the way, because they ran Carrie and Cross and Drew's shtick up to 922 in probably 45 seconds. Yep. I, what was What's the first? The I sent you a text as it was ending. Yeah, it it was. They did it right up to that point, and then it went to commercial. I'm like, you motherfuckers! But there was more QR codes and everything. Mark, I have a new theory. <laughs> Good, because I don't anymore. Because the theories upon theories upon theories well, have <laughs> blown my mind, and I'm like, just fucking come out. Well, at this point, here's the thing. I know my theories are not worth shit at this point with this, but we talked about it. Exactly. You sent me the TikTok about, what was it? Uh, About the kid getting crushed in the nuts by the home run or the other one? That that was a different one, but yeah, that was a good one. (laughs) Wait, no, I sent you the one I think about uh, White Rabbit Records who put out a zip code randomly and it ended up being Wyndham. A town called Wyndham, and then there was the zip code, or Corbin, Kentucky was the coordinates last week. I think it's extreme rules. Everything is telling me that they're going to fuck with us until extreme rules. Because when else would they roll him out? They're not going to go another month and a half fucking with us. I would hope not. I would hope not either. It just seems like extreme rules seems like a perfect place to bring out why in an extreme cult or whatever he's trying to do with the psychedelic bullshit. It, but again, is Roman wrong. going to be there? I think maybe is it Roman that he's coming after? Who he who is he going after? Is it the speculated group of Carrion, Strowman, you know, the the liked group of that and I I can't remember who the other one was, Dexter. Dexter, yeah. Is it those four? Who knows? Probably not. But does he attack through? Does he attack? Where does he fit into this whole concept? I don't know, but Extreme Rules is the only thing that's making sense right now. The town Corbin, so I do have one thing, Yeah, has me pissed off. So is it now? Okay, why? Is why it not it? Bray at all? Who do you think it is? Corbin? Is Corbin coming back? Would that... If it's nobody but Bray, this person is going to get booed out of his mind and will not get over for a while because we've all sat from the White Rabbit to this to that to Wyndham. Why Corbin, Kentucky? Because that's where it was. Uh, the leading theory, obviously, and I got to retake this picture, but the leading theory, obviously, was that that was Wyatt's last match before he left. Well, not before he turned or something like that. I can't remember what the logic was, but Corbin was like one of the last people he fought on a Raw or SmackDown because we know he fought a the last time he was right. there at WrestleMania. But he fought Corbin at one point on a Raw or SmackDown, and that was his last match. And that's why people are tying that to Corbin, Kentucky. I'm starting to think that's a stretch. 
And if you're telling me it's Baron Corbin coming out the White Rabbit psychedelic music, I might throw shit at a television. I'm just saying. Because I think, like you, I'd be pissed. I like anybody, I'd be pissed. I could buy, if you're going a supernatural element, there's other people involved. Even I'll give Karrion Cross, if it turns out somehow that this is all tied back to Cross, because we know he played White Rabbit for his Lucha Underground entrance back in the day. If it ties back to Karrion, I'm going to let it slide, because at the same time, okay, he's got that element of a, an Armageddon type feel. Maybe he's got maybe four horses of the apocalypse we can play into there. That would make sense. But you're right. Outside of Wyatt, it's a letdown. Cross makes sense, but if it's below Cross and it turns out to be Baron fucking Corbin, the entire I, wrestling community, internet, physical, whatever you want, will rise. Will blow up. I They're in Philadelphia. You think Philadelphia is going to go for that shit? Look for 2014 Royal Rumble. Not That was in Pittsburgh. Look for 2015 Royal Rumble. You that there. one was in Philly. I wasn't there. I was allowed to go because Cody wouldn't invite me. But 2015 Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, that crowd fucking destroyed Roman that year. After we all cheered for him the year before, yeah. despite him losing to Batista. So Philadelphia, that's a mild case of what Philadelphia brings to the table. And I always go back to Bobby Heenan when they went to Philadelphia for, I can't remember if it was Starcade 94 or for, it was Starcade 94. Because I remember this, he goes, Philadelphia, they get blood in their eggs every morning. That's how they order their eggs. So he just, his witty comments about it, but it was, it's just, Philadelphia is a mean fucking town. They hate to even survive it. Yeah. Allow, let alone be a wrestling or, uh, football. Any sport fan in, so. I'll ask it, but I know it's setting up probably for Survivor Series as well. But they need one more person. Does AJ join the Judgment Day? So I guess the question is, is Judgment Day in war games and who would they be facing? That's the but, question. Because there's four of them already. Well, three. You can't. I don't think Rio could be in the match. They right. won't allow Rio to be in the match. So they they need somebody. But then Ray is limited on people that he's going to. He he's got Edge. You're not getting Riddle, who they kind of teased a little bit. Oh shit. Or does Seth become an honorary judgment for the day? Oh, that's stupid pun. Um, and then you get Edge, AJ, Ray, and Riddle against them. No, because what's the okay? What is the match at Extreme Rules? Did they announce a match for Judgment Day at Extreme Rules yet? I can't remember. But hear me out. I think this is where we find out the true leader. Now I'm tying it back. This has to be Bray in a Judgment Day. Now that you said that, there's no way AJ's joining Judgment Day. Bray in the Judgment Day? Yeah, I think this ties back. It would be, it's a perfect fitting 
We were what there seems to be just one thing missing from Judgment Day. We've said this, we speculated for months, a leader speculated for months. We've joked about Rhea being the leader. I've mentioned, I mean, this would be great for Rhea to be the leader. What if it's Bray? I wouldn't hate it then. Judgment Day would have some clout in my book. Judgment Day has clout. They also have a full team for war games. And if you're building up war games, you'll have Ray, you'll have Edge, you'll have AJ. I don't know who the fourth one is. Maybe it'll be Riddle at that point. Who knows? But you have at least a legitimate heat going on here between those teams. And they Judgment Day would have their fourth member, would have their fourth male member. And Rhea could still get involved because they leave the cage open as it is. Yeah. So the opportunity's there. What if we're thinking about this all wrong? And what if Bray is... It, it, maybe Bray's coming back, or maybe they're just culpists for carrying. But what if that's the case? Why if, Why haven't they made a hint to it then? I mean, nobody's made a hint to it. Uh, n- not Roman, not Riddle, not me. Well, me and you have. But right. like, nobody has made a hint to this whole... A leader's coming back, a ba da ba Nobody understands what the hell the White Rabbit is. But you would think to tie him in to something that's already formed, that they would know when the leader is going to show up. A la Dark Order and Brody Lee when it happened. Is it? So to me, I don't now. I've listened to enough crew time podcasts about cults, so I can speculate a little bit on this, but I don't know about being in a cult, obviously. But to me, one of their main beliefs could be the leaders coming back at some day to get us and to save us. If Judgment Day has the belief, and of course they haven't announced this yet, but they don't necessarily need to. They can easily fix Judgment Day by saying we've had the belief that you would come and save us for a long time now, and now you're finally here. That is something that could happen. They could easily fix, because remember, Judgment Day is a creation from Vince McMahon. Right. And they've had to try to figure out how they can salvage, salvage it over the past month. Yes, they're building up Finn now. They're building up Damien a little bit more. Rhea's more dominant, obviously, than ever. But there's never been that one element to it. I think they throw a leader into it and turn it into an, a basic cult type thing. And this would still be different than what we saw with the Wyatt family and the Fiend and Alexa. Because the Wyatt family was kind of a cult. But it really didn't have that feel. Right. This they could salvage by turning everybody into that member, follower, occult leader. Rhea is still the right hand woman, man, and everybody else is still following Bray. The legitimacy is there. Finn Balor is a world renowned wrestler across the world. That's what world renowned means. Yeah, I know, I get it. <laughs> but I don't know why I doubled that up, but world-renowned wrestler. Two people, worlds. Two worlds. He's amazing in Mars. Anyways. But that's where I'm thinking now is you have the name recognition with Finn. 
I mean, Damian Priest has been building his brand. He built his brand on the indies. Rhea has built her brand. She's a unique woman character. Dominic needs to come into his own. It needs a strong leader. I think it it kind of lines up with Extreme Rules. They're going to end up with a match in some capacity. And that's I'm thinking way too much in my brain right now, but that's kind of where I go. So then I am almost saying then, do we get two returns at Extreme Rules? Because if they haven't announced it, whatever the match is that they're going to be in, da 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 da, Ray is going to be encapsulated into it at some point. Where's Randy fit in? Is Randy coming back? I don't. If we're if we're building to survive, I'm just trying to find notable people for this Judgment Day that we just created, and then with Ray, because Ray and AJ, okay, Ray's got Dom, AJ's got Finn, Edge is there because of Priest. We need that next person. Who else is going to be? It's not going to be a Malky. It's not going to be I don't know, Tyler Breeze. I mean, somebody's got to make this match to say they have a chance. But we all know in our heart of hearts, Ray's not getting a win until he beats his son. I, I Tell me I'm wrong. I'm, I'm the guy sitting there drinking coffee, holding the sign, change my mind on all those memes. Ray's not getting that win until he faces Dominic at some point. Well, I'll argue that Ray's not even getting the win there. I think Ray gives his son the win and walks into the sunset. I'm well, still on that. But I get where you're going with that. What about Braun? Braun's not doing anything. Braun's it, encapsulated with tag teams right now for yeah, but he's waiting in the wings. He has nothing. He's not doing anything. He's got Gable next week. He's playing with Gable and tag teams right now, right? They are notorious in WWE for throwing a high, a big, strong baby face monster on teams at the last minute. They did it with. Here's right. In 2014. Hear me out for a second. Ray could say, I need a big monster to fight this monster. Yeah. So he just begs. But go ahead. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Because they did it in 2014 with they had they were facing the authority. It was Cena's team and Red. I'm calling them Redbeard because like, okay, Roan. I had to process that for a minute in my head. They threw Redbeard on the team, right? 2013, I think Ryback showed up on a team and he was the monster that they were looking for. I could be getting the year wrong, but it was it's those kind of bigger guys that they throw in there on teams. And you could go back later in history with that. The that they like to just Yeah, the week of that they like to just throw in as a game changer. I think Braun would fit that because, to your point, he's only smashing tag teams right now. He's not doing a damn thing. So if he's not going to do anything for the next month, month and a half, throw him in the tag team with Bray in that. And then that ties him back. If it is Bray somehow, that ties him right back to Bray. Because they have a long, outstanding feud that never really got finished from the last time they feuded over the Universal title. So, it all comes full circle at that point. It, it does. 
So that's our Judgment Day stuff. Unravel that. Um, I thought we were going to spend 20 minutes on that. Yeah, who thought? <laughs> hey, Candice LeRae's back. I'm yeah, happy. I am too. I, I, I hate that we are only up. getting there this late, but this is a player now. Like, uh, it, maybe we hope, we want it to be Bailey that has this. Nothing against Bianca. We like her. She's talented in the ring. But we've had Bianca now for like two years. Yeah. Maybe we get Bailey and then Candace is the next. Like, I want Candace. I, I love Candace in NXT. And I wouldn't mind if the way it would ever come back. It doesn't seem like it's going to be likely anytime soon. And we'll get to right. that as well. But, like, I think Candace should instantly be a big player in this roster. I completely agree. And if you believe what you saw in previews last week, you had seven women ready for war games. I know I keep tying it back to war games, but that looked like a pretty heavy lineup for a good war games match. And to be honest, that's kind of where this is trending, which is a good thing. Candice LeRae is a major player. If anything, she's going to be there to be that veteran presence to help get build up some of these younger talent. Even though there's not really a lot of young talent in this match, I, I think the youngest might be Bianca in this whole thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, and she's already well on her way to being the a big time star in this company. Yes. So we got a lot of talented women on the roster, especially on Raw. That I was excited about Candice LeRae. I jumped up. I was pumped. Didn't expect her to come out. I'm just excited for possibilities. We have so many rivalries tied into Candace. We have so many things tied into any one of these women. There's so many intricate webs being pulled in. The women's division is going to, I'm going to say, is as strong, maybe stronger than it has ever been in this company right now. And I'm including without Charlotte, without Sasha, without Becky at this point. Two we know are coming back in time. It's true. In time, they are. One has already changed her name and is completely wiping the company from her record book, which is perfectly fine. You do you because you're doing amazing. Yeah. But and, and she, did, she did say after Vince and everything left, if she comes back to wrestling, it will not be until next year. So throw everything about Sasha. And shit changes. I understand that. Throw everything right. about Sasha coming back, I think, away because she's busy. And good for her. Making trillions, not killing herself. Naomi, we don't know. She's not as out there as Sasha. Um, I still would love to see her come back in the bloodline. That would be awesome. But to spin it back around, we have Bianca, Alexa, Asuka, Candice. Because we're getting a women's war game. Yeah. We have damage control. Who is Bailey getting? It's the same question as we just did for 20 minutes for Judgment Day. What lives busy? I can't see Charlotte sliding in with damage control if she would come back by then. She'd have to be the major player. There's the, no way. Becky's not back anytime soon. And she stood face to face against them at SummerSlam. Yeah. Would that be an awesome heel turn spin? Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't think she's healthy enough yet. Yeah, I the one name I 
you already mentioned it. The one name that was thrown out there as a heel turn, I don't think it's plausible, but Indy's been thrown out there a lot from the internet wrestling community as the heel turn. Either she joins Damage Control or becomes that fourth member because that pulls Candice LeRae with a personal tie into this whole thing. And to be honest, they're already doing that with Johnny in theory right now. The way whole thing there, that's playing into what they're doing with their program. So Candice and Indy being a thing, Indy's due for a main roster yeah. spring up. Let's be honest, and she's not doing anything in NXT, so it would be a perfect scenario for Indy to come up. To your point, if it's not Indy, it's not Charlotte. She just needs to be the main star of that whole thing. It's not going to be her. Becky, I just feel like she's going to be the man, and it's a face turn. She's already face turned. They're not going to bring her back as a heel. Outside of that, I cannot pick another woman that on that roster. On anywhere on that roster, NXT or WWE, that would fit that role. Besides maybe Indy. And Indy is a shoehorn if they turn her heel. Yeah. And I think we would have to see that turn sooner rather than later. But I don't know. Yeah, I I like it. I do. I almost wonder if we get an old school, old school type of storyline off of this. Because don't get me wrong. I think Candace is so much better as a heel. Do we get this match with a surprise all the way till Survivor Series? Damage Control, we're not announcing it. The fourth member will come out when it's her time. Mid-match, Candice just lays waste to Alexa or Oscar or somebody and goes with damage control. She do it in the ring or outside the ring? Because we're playing into that territory. She'd have to be the fourth member in for damage control. For no. So she would have to be the technically the fourth member. It so here's the thing with that. I think they'd have to win. The faces would have to win the advantage. Yeah. For her to be the fourth member in for them, and then to play into it in that aspect. Yes. My mind, I through the other side of that too because I flipped it out there. The best thing they did for the first War Games match for with the women was have Dakota Kai turn on Tegan Knox at the cage at the shark cage. And then leave Candace and Rhea to be fighting for themselves, fighting for their lives by themselves. That was the best way to separate it from what the men were doing in their match. Yes. And that was a pivotal moment and it was a memorable moment. That's why my mind went there. I wanted to see where you were thinking. Was it, I think that plays into though, Mark, I got to ask this question because in maybe Can Crusher Nation can look into this because I'm not going to research it right now. When was the, when was the last time, if ever, in this new reincarnation of the War Games matches where the face group has had the advantage in the match? I I don't think... I think we went way... I think we talked about this maybe last year or something. Maybe. I don't remember a face ever. I don't either. Ever. Ever having the advantage. If a face ever had it, it had to have been WCW days. And even then, I don't think it happened. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So it's not a match 
for the faces to have the advantage. No, they have to have it. It should be they have the disadvantage because it plays into what the heel strategy is. Right. I agree with that. So they would be turning over a lot of rocks if they go. The faces win the advantage. They have the last member in. If that happens, I'm going to, before that pay-per-view, I might give you an air high five because I think you hit it right on the nail if those cards fall into place. I could also see them doing it where they name Indy as the fourth member, but Candace still turns on the faces and it's five on three advantage inside the cage. I could still see that happening as well. I, I think Candace just fits damage control more than the heels. We we're all happy that she's back. We love her. Yeah. Cool. She's a pixie princess. She's a bitch. Like Yeah, she's literally called I think she has poison in her name. A poison princess poison pixie or something like that. Pixie poison or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think she fits it perfectly. But again, what's in damage control's name? Control. Bailey's controlling the situation and they can play that up after the match and after the fact. So I like where your theory's going there. That's a beautiful way to play that out. Speaking of theory, good job. I, I love these little feeds that we're giving each other. You're welcome. I love KO and Gargano as a team. I I love it. I love it. I love it. I could give a shit about Alpha. This is j- the briefcase for me. And this is the last thing I have on WWE. Then we'll take a break and go to... Ah, uh, no, there's one... In the whole scheme of things, before we get to that... Are we finally getting a different Nikki? Are we getting Psycho Nikki back? I hope to God we are. Yeah. Like, I, Nikki is so talented, but she's so much better psychotic Nikki. Yeah. I, All right, reverse back, because I don't right. care to talk about almost laying waste to two guys that I don't even know, and that's hard to believe. Um, The, the Kale Gargano thing leading to, I'm telling you, this briefcase is playing too much of a role Love Austin Theory. I think at some point this briefcase is on the line. Yeah. Is it a triple threat? I don't know. Is it triple threat KO, Gargano, and Theory for the briefcase? Win. I don't know. Not extreme rules. They already got a ladder match. Right. Um is it Survivor Series? Is it or is it just a standard triple threat match on Raw some night? Oh, no. Wait a minute. We have a lovely Blood Money pay-per-view coming up that could be put the title. Put the fits the case. Blood Money. Blood Money, case. Money in a Bank. Yeah. Everything on the line. Do we get there? That's December. The sun's in November. We'd get there. No. Oh, you're saying the blood money and so I, I oh, thought. What were you thinking? I was saying the December pay per view. Oh no, 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 no! I'm talking Saudi. I'm talking Saudi at this point. I, I'm sure. I don't know. Like <laughs> that whole card is just random, anyway. Well, like, it is, but I mean, I I feel like there's going to be more, a little more control. Triple H is going to put on it, in the sense of. We know the prince is going to get what he wants because he already got Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. But I'm sure he's not going to pick every single match and say, right. I want to see this guy versus this guy. So Triple H is going to be able to go out there and say, huh, okay, here's Theory for the briefcase. If I want to take the briefcase off of Theory, let's throw him in the ring with KO or 
Gargano or maybe both. I think there's play there that they could make that happen. I don't know what the, uh, I don't think it would go to December at that point. I mean, maybe it does. And they'd have to be very creative with how they can drag that out. What the hell is that pay-per-view called? Well, they've been changing the names of all the pay-per-views, so I have no goddamn clue what that one's going to be at this point. Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. I... Well, the Saudi's called Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about whatever one you thought was in December. Wait, I... I No. Oh, son of a bitch! What? I, I hope it doesn't happen that day. At Saudi? Yeah. Why? Well, because I won't watch it. <laughs> Fair. Because that's, that's it pit against Syracuse. Oh, is that pit against Syracuse? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I hope that does happen that day. Was so it 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, depending. You know, we, we've determined that it could be an 8 o'clock game, and then Kelly will have a great week. Anniversary oh, yeah. weekend, by the way, too. Of have watching to watch the- wrestling at Dave & Buster's and then heading over to pit Syracuse. Well, at least you're at Dave & Buster's. You can play games or something in between while you watch the Blood Money pay-per-view. Fine. Good. <laughs> we were going to bounce around, but we stick and stayed on WWE. So, Jenks, do you have anything you want to talk about on WWE? Checking my notes and checking everything that happened. Uh, now, I guess I was going to mention Seth Rollins has pulled out a uh, submission move for the fight pit. So, we're going to see how this goes. I, we brought this up when we were at break 50 minutes ago. Every match thus far on Extreme Rules, has a stipulation. Yeah. Holy shit, they're using Extreme Rules for what it's used for. It's fucking amazing when they actually know what they're doing with a pay-per-view, huh? <laughs> I'm actually excited for it next I weekend. I am, too. I am, too. Um, this is going to be great because it's a different pay-per-view. It actually feels like it's a whole different pay-per-view. There's stipulations for everything. Uh, my favorite meme on this whole thing was 2022 Extreme Rules was Great Collie, Big Show, and Mark Henry. And then it said 2021 Extreme Rules was just Ray Mysterio. And there's a three-on-one handicap match. So it's going to be a – it's actually going to be legitimately a very good show. Um, and I, we understand concepts of wrestling at this point. Yes. Entertaining because of the stipulations. Could it be predictable? It could. It, it, it could. It outright could. Right. There's some matches that I'm interested in. Uh, so I guess we'll have to. I mean, I'm excited. Bailey and Bianca ladder match. That's going to be a strap really good. match. Strap Come on. Fucking match. Yeah. How's that going to play out? Um, the fight pit I'm interested in. I don't know if it's as clear cut as Riddle's winning this as we think it is. Do we get Ken Shamrock as a special referee? I would love that. Let's, He's let's, been hinting that he needs to be around this, by the way. Well, Ken Shamrock, at, at some point, I believe Ken Shamrock goes into the WWE Hall of Fame now that Triple H is in charge. So why would you, why would you throw Ken Shamrock in there and just uh, let him do what he's got to do? It's a fight pit, you know? Did he got one more match. Yeah. Didn't he ref the uh, Lion's Den match or whatever the hell – Kennels of Dog Kennel match or whatever the hell it was. One of those two matches back Definitely way back in the day. Definitely was not the Dog Kennel match. <laughs> Nobody refereed that. Talk to Al Snow. Go That's back fair. about that is four true. years when we talked that to him one true. <laughs> That is true. I do remember that now. But, yeah. But, yeah, so bring Ken Shamrock back. Put him in the fight pit. 
but I don't think it's as clear cut as possible. I, I'm not going to give away my picks right now, but it's going to be a lot more interesting to see how this plays out than what we've seen with Thatcher and Riddle or Thatcher and Champa in the past. So it'll be interesting. Seth Rollins is going to add a whole new element to this match. Yeah. You guys can stick around till next week. Um, remember, next week is Ask Can Crusher Weeks, but we will do our predictions in the third segment for Extreme Rules. And for me, since it's Ask Can Crusher Week and a Prediction Week, it's a whiskey week for me. Oh, a little whiskey drink? A little vodka drink? <laughs> well, I don't know the next part of that song. but I was trying to think of it too, but I'd screw it up. Uh, well, if you're going whiskey, I might go whiskey. It's Ask Can Crusher. It's just a special show. Yeah, so then the question is, do I open the special bottle of bourbon sipping whiskey for it, or do I go with the candied apple whiskey that I have from Southern Tier? Or do uh, I just go fall and go pumpkin whiskey that I still have? Oh, you've already had pumpkin on the show. It's not, uh, it's not that you can't. It's true. You you shouldn't for this because pumpkin is fall. It's you know you have many more weeks and months to enjoy that. <laughs> I like the candy apple, but I think you should pay homage for the sipping whiskey for your sister. So I will agree to that, and I'll be tasting it for the first time on here. So I'm pretty sure I don't know what this I don't know what this tastes like. So you and have a backup in the pumpkin. I do have a backup. This is going to be a legitimate first try. Probably some legitimate, actually, whiskey bourbon that's not flavored or shit. So, I mean, I'm not going to count Jack Daniels in this field. This seems like very high-end, high-quality stuff. So, we're going to see how this goes. Uh, am I sophisticated enough to down this beverage? We'll find out. Teaser. Does my taste palette... Teaser. Does my taste palette allow for it? Long-ass teaser. So, I don't know. I need to get something different. I have Maker's Mark, but I think I, I need to go something like that as well. Maybe I'll find a... I'm going to go Knob Creek or something. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's uh, take a break. I guess we're going to go to AEW next. And I don't mean it mean like that, but we uh, we covered a lot of WWE there. We did. We covered a lot of WWE. It's AEW next, baby. Hey, everybody, this is Gilbert, WWF's longest reigning light heavyweight champion. And you're listening to Kane Crusher's podcast. The best guys there are out there. Welcome back, Ken Crusher's Nation. Let's get into AEW, brother. Come on, Mark. That went really south really quick. I don't know what happened there. You had big hopes during the break. I had big hopes, and then it fell apart. And then I turned into Hulk Hogan, which is just shit on the table at this point. Yeah, Mr. Sub getting the sub wrong. I know, this is what happens when you watch Survivor Series 3 today. Hogan's in my mind, talking about Zeus, talking about your vitamins and saying your prayers, and then gets jumped by Zeus and the Macho King. But, and, and now we're going to watch WWE as we talk about AEW. Yes, we are. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Man, I'm really bummed about this whole Malachi thing. Let's start there. Yeah. Because... I posted his true video. Max must have the itches right now. Um, he posted this, shut the hell up more or less to people. He didn't ask for his release. Leave him alone. He wants time off. Da, 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 da. And I'm all right with that. We've said that. We understand that. The mental health, we understand that. Yes, take what you need. Take what you want. Yes. 
He gets a head tattoo. Cool. I'm all for tattoos. Uh, example, see my sleeve. But, again, we're going to say, holy fuck, Sammy Zane's starting again. Son of a gun. Um, <laughs> we're getting Buddy Matthews now might have, like, I'm really bummed because I thought this was going to be the mega push for the House of Black. And don't get me wrong. I would love to see Brody King and Julia run wild. Yeah. Since you're keeping the Hulk Hogan shit going, run wild on the AEW. Cool. Him and Wardlow or him and whoever the champion is down the line. I mean, we're not building Brody King up that fast. Did he, but to get some matches. Yeah. Let, I'm excited for that. What's your take on everything that's kind of gone through the week? From Buddy saying he's going to probably step away for a little bit, but we don't know because it's other dirt sheets talking about it and da 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 And then essentially Malachi saying, listen, until you hear it out of my mouth, shut the fuck up. He didn't say that. I did for him because he meant it. He did mean it. And honestly, I just wish he would have said it because it honestly needed to be said. And I think that's something we, as a wrestling community, always forget. And the way I approach when I throw out theories and bullshit in this podcast is it's my thoughts and it's my delusional brain running wild at that point. I mean, I spent 20 minutes on Judgment Day and Bray Wyatt, guys. So let's talk about this. So to go off of that, though, these are just human beings that need time off that need to step away. Buddy Matthews may have things he has working out. You know, his love is in WWE. We, he's doing his own thing. He's just trying to figure out the world right now. Do your, do your own thing. To your point about the House of Black, I thought they were going to be a heavy hitter in, I think I've said it on this podcast, what we thought Dark Order was going to be if Brody King had the time, or not Brody King, but Brody Lee had the time to make, to run it the way he wanted to run it. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. We thought House of Black was going to be that. It looked promising. Julia Black finally joined the House of Black. Julia Hart finally joined the House of Black. Things were looking up. Things were going great. We were enveloped in it. We were into it. But sometimes things just don't work out the way we want them to work out. Um, that makes me sad. It does make me sad, too. But we kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Maybe someday everybody comes back together. I do appreciate Brody that just tweeted out, I'm not going anywhere. And Julia kind of did the same thing. So we're going to have some iteration of the House of Black still. Just because two are gone doesn't mean the one can't be a heavy hitter. And Julia can't lead him to where he needs to go. Although, after seeing that bump she took on Friday night, that was a little rough. So, she might not be doing much for a little bit, but... Brody reached out to her and said, how's the hat? And she's like, my back and hat are both fine. Essentially, (laughs) is is what she said. And I have some beef to JR and Mr. Honor, Chris Jericho. Julia is not a Jezebel. She has not done any Jezebelian, I don't even know what was the word, type of things yet. She is not a Jezebel is, 
Like, she hasn't flirted with other people or anything. She has just done... She's not Jezebel. Yeah. She's just got her mindset in the House of Black. <sighs> By the way, the House of Black and Sting and Darby, it was a hell of a match. Oh, And you know how much I am not waver of the flag of Sting and Darby. Agreed. Uh Still not. A, I still believe you're not a wave of the flag of Sting jumping off of things and through tables and that, especially since he said his head through one table and his body through another one. There's so many, and this is nothing against them, but I guess maybe it might be, but there's so many missed ways to protect themselves in this. Julia flew, missed the table completely. I think she broke it with water. Ankles. Maybe her ankles. To just break the one piece of the table. Sting broke a table with his head instead of his body. Let's go through two. There's just so many misses with table spots in this that I was cringing by the end of this match just how hard people were hitting. Julia, she's young. She can take a beating. She can hit a concrete floor right now and she'll be fine. Sting, on the other hand, is 65 years old. Taking headshots to tables, which is not ideal at his age for right now. So... That's all I got to say on that. But Were you excited to see the great Buddha saunter out? Because he didn't run or anything. He was he was sauntering a long time down to that ring. I mean, I popped for Muda. Don't get me wrong, guys. I popped for Muda, but holy shit, that took a while to develop. Great miss, though. He hit the miss perfectly. Hit, exactly. That's what he did. I saw him a couple years ago at WrestleCade when I went to the first one in 2019. Not WrestleCade's first one, but my first WrestleCade. And we do a recap, if you go back and listen to it, about that. His match then was rough. Yeah. Because it was slow. We're adding three more years now to it. I know he's on his retirement tour, and who knows if that retirement match is going to be him against Sting, which, if it is, I'll probably watch it. Um, But mm, great pop for him. Not needed. No, not needed at all. I do think it did set up something. I don't know if Sting's his opponent, though. I feel like Sting's just involved in some capacity for that, whatever that match ends up being. But to your point, Muda wasn't needed. It was just for Pop. And that was it. I kind of wish Malachi was there just to show him how to spray mist. But, you know, whatever. Little things here or there. But (laughs) Muda's the king of the mist. I don't know what to say. (sighs) Cody, you know I'm going to say it. This is for Cody at the 40-year-old dash. Man, we didn't need more rapping. Hook and Bronson against 2.0. Boy. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Daddy Magic and Cool Hand. Boy. Put these guys over. Well, I mean, it was, the, it was the roughest match you could think of with these guys. I just want Hook to get more TV time. Was he injured? Because it feels like he hasn't had maybe... He was on the the buy-in or whatever of the pay-per-view, and then this is his first match since. But yeah, it was against Cool Hand on the pay-per-view. But like it just feels like first match since, but even before the pay-per-view, it seemed like he was not wrestling at all. So what are we... Why are we spacing this out? Are they trying to get him trained up a little bit more for bigger matches or what? But... So you put him in with a guy that doesn't know anything about wrestling? Well, yeah, exactly. And a couple of sports entertainers. It makes perfect sense. 
<laughs> I really hate the name War Joe. What? Fucking despise it. What? Why do you hate War Joe? <laughs> I love them both. I have been a fan of Wardlow for 12 years now. I don't know how long. And I, I Samoa Joe probably for 30. War Joe, man. It, you don't need to have names that go together like that. Why can't it just be Wardlow and Samoa Joe? Because they could, They wanted to be catchy and they couldn't use Samoa Low. They didn't come out together. I, to be honest, I have no reason for it. I'm just playing devil's advocate I know. over here. But I, I agree. They didn't come out together. They were obviously two separate people, but that's society, man. You need to have War Joe going full circle. So, well, and let's look at it this way. They're both essentially the TV champions of their respective brands, if you will, even if ROH isn't really doing much as a brand right now. But they're both respective TV champions, so maybe they just wanted to be fancy with it. I don't know. Fancy like fancy Applebee's. Like. Exactly. On a date night. Uh, I'm going to fast forward and really get to things I want to talk about. and We'll get to whatever Jenks wants to bring up. Jericho is playing completely into this dishonor of the honor. I love it. Uh, we saw it actually on Dynamite as we switched back and forth. So let's play this out. This is going to be a long-term story of shitting on wrestlers that have held the ROH championship. Essentially, he's got Daniel Bryan coming up, or Bryan Danielson. Damn it, it's been so long since I've done it. Hey, Scott. <laughs> I got God. Um, I think he keeps it then. I don't even know if it's for the ROH title. But let's, let's run the muck. If you're looking at who's going to take this title away from him, he's already challenged Bryan Danielson already. I don't think it happens then. I think he... I don't even know if the match ends. He just decimates the dishonor again. Joe's out there that was a champion. Lethal's out there is a champion. Roosh is out there is a champion. Somebody's not around right now. Who is going to be this person? And I hope it's months. I hope it's not just weeks. I hope it's months that he runs through people. Who's going to take this? from Jericho, but is ROH getting a TV deal prior to that? Are we getting another show, essentially is what I'm asking you, because Jericho, who may be the biggest, and I'm going to do this in air quotes because he calls himself this, sports entertainer athlete to ever hold that ROH title. It's now... I hate to say this because it, it, I don't mean it this way. It's now relevant across wrestling that he has it. Unlike when Brian or Lethal or Joe or um, the list. Can, I, I'm saving one yeah. name because I, I hope you get who I'm saving. Has had this before they were big. Jericho is now big holding this title. Who's going to be the person do you think comes back and steals it from him? I think I caught the name you're voting down. And 
he might be coming in with a boom. So what I will say is this. Um, I think it has to be a month, month spill, but I think there's also a play here where Jericho tries to get the pure title from Garcia during this month's build. And here's why. Now he's playing, we have the Lion Tamer and we have the Sports Entertainer. I think you're right. I think there is a TV deal coming at some point. If it's not already in the works, it's already signed, sealed, delivered. If it's not there yet, it's in the works. Because you, you, they're going to do something with these TV titles and these ROH titles. I posed this question earlier this week to Cody Hetrick. Joe's out there. You know, he sent me back a list of all the AEW champions. And there was like some Reddit post that took it and said, percentage wise, this is who they think would be likely to face Jericho over the time period in that. So without breaking that down, I think you see Joe pop out of the woodwork to say, I'm going to take that title off you. You see. Danielson, who we mentioned, I think on the 18th, it is a for the world title, for the ROH world title. I think even Garcia plays into this and tries to get it off of him because I think Garcia is done. And I was this week, this week, but I, I did want to call that out, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, how they did that because I thought that was brilliant that this didn't end in fisticuffs and it was just kind of a clean break ish. It's almost there and it's kind of just done now. The rip's there. But I think to your point, it is dragged out for months upon months. But if it's Mr. Boom... Baby. Baby. Does that make him a face? And is that where they want him at? Is the million-dollar question. If not, then it has to be someone else. And if it's someone else... Your leading candidate right now, in my eyes, is someone you have to get the television title off of. Yep. Because that's the leading candidate right now to me, is Samoa Joe. If it's not Cole and you're not making him a, and you're making, if you're making Cole a baby face, go for it. If you're not, it's gotta be Joe. I will bring up the defense of Cole. Yeah. I love Joe because right. to me, Joe, uh, ROH through and through and then impact and da, 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 da. Yes, I love that as well. We don't know still how long, if ever, da, 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 being a lead is not around anymore. Yeah. Omega's not around it. Like, we don't know. How this is playing out. He doesn't have friends. He has friends. But I'm saying he's maybe he's not going to associate with them on TV when everybody's brought back. Maybe this is just he's then on. He can be that bring it back to ROH. Right now it is we want ratings for ROH. Let's see what we can do with ratings ROH. Jericho did it for AEW. Jericho did it for this. Jericho did it for that. Jericho's and everybody's going to say shut the hell up Mark. He's already there. 
But even in my mind, Jericho is slowly etching his way onto my Mount Rushmore for what he's doing in his later stages in life. I've loved the, the original Lionheart. Loved him. But what he's doing for wrestling now, Jenks, we've given away our tag team of the year already. I may be giving away my wrestler of the year by saying this of Jericho. You'll have to listen to the crushies in December. I'm just saying he's there right now because what he is doing for the business and everything like that, if they get, and it's been in the works, or it's probably been in the works, whatever, if they get a TV deal during his reign, it's a different era than for ROH. It is that dishonor first that ROH came because ECW left. ROH had a battle NXT in the beginning stages by itself. AEW came because of both of that. Jericho's linked to all of those. Tell me how there might not be five people on Mount Rushmore, and there's not five presidents of the United States on Mount Rushmore, but for wrestling. It's an argument that will, everybody has their own thoughts and whatever, but I'm just saying, like, what Jericho is doing now is kind of trend setting, and there's not a lot of trends that are out there in the wrestling community that haven't been done or anything. This is pretty cool. The Ocho is absolutely stupid from Dodgeball. We loved it. <laughs> That's where it came from. I don't care what it, but I'm just saying, like, if he gets it on his dime, Cole's pretty prominent remembered in ROH. Mm-hmm. NXT blew him up. AEW, he hasn't been. So you bring it back to that fan of Cole doing his stuff of ROH again. Pseudo NXT as well. Why not? Joe makes perfect sense as well. Because Joe's... He's in a feud. He might not be thinking of Jericho right now. And this whole TV title run and everything makes sense. I think he runs through... Brian Danielson. I think you run through, you're going to see maybe Flip Gordon get a a one-off. By the way, congratulations to fucking Bandito. As we're talking yeah. about this yeah. whole thing. Agreed. Gets a Gets a contract offer, and if he doesn't sign it, I'll slap him in the face. He's amazing. I've loved him ever since. I was hoping he would sign it. I'm just saying that right now. Yeah. It's, it's I, I love him in ROH and everything yeah. like that as well. Him and... Um, Flip Gordon's feud was amazing. But I'm just saying, like, this whole Jericho thing, Cole's not doing anything. Why not leave him on the shelf for a couple more months, and then that's a big surprise. I think that one makes, the, to, in my demonic mind, that one makes the most sense. Run through Roosh, run through Brian Danielson, bring Flip in for a day. Uh, and the other, anybody else that was a champion... And then, boom! Okay, so he's a face. 
We love him. We love him if we would slap Brit. I, I wouldn't, but I'm just saying. You know, we we love Adam Cole. Agreed. I would also say this because I think we're going to the same place with it, but in a different route. I think Cole gets the title at some point. Don't get me wrong. And I think, though, he gets it by being a heel because I think Joe is a transitional champion. And I think I should specify that here. Joe would be the destroyer that takes it off of Jericho, brings the honor back, right? He takes the title, wins it. Then all of a sudden you hear boom. Season premiere then. Exactly. We reignite a rivalry that kind of kicked off in the Owen Hart tournament between Joe and Cole. They talked a lot of smack in the finals. They led up to it. Cole got the victory. Now we're in a point where Samoa Joe is the champion and Adam Cole is like that ghost from the past that will not go away and is now in your face. So I think Cole gets there, but I think Cole is better served, and maybe this is just bias for his character. I love Cole as a heel. I agreed. So I think I just want to see him. I think he stays a heel. He does not touch anywhere near the elite. That whole storyline that they were building up to has been blown up to smithereens with everything that happened at All Out. So I think this is a perfect scenario for Adam Cole of just being typical Adam Cole. Kyle O'Reilly is somewhere around the vicinity, probably will get involved at some point. But I think that is a perfect either season premiere match or the buildup for your first pay-per-view, which I'm sure is going to be soon to follow after that TV deal is signed and you have those first inaugural matches. It's a hell of a build. And it's a hell of a match to kind of have as your main event is Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Basically, the 2000s versus the 2010s era of ROH. And then I have his next opponent. Okay. Cowboy shit. Yes. 100% yes. And that can run for six months. Exactly. Six months. Easily. Promos every other week. Well, shitting on people, being a nice guy, getting attacked, like old school NWA, you know, old school RWH, like RWH, ROH, like let it simmer. And then Paige takes it. Well, let's, let's throw this wrench into the thing. If it's not Joe, is it Paige? I'd put him on the same plane. I think you could play a lot more with Adam Page. Cowboy shit lost the inaugurable AEW world title. Match I don't want, I don't want Page's transition. That's the only reason why I'll say that. So then what if it's not transition? Because I'm, I don't, I think it's flexible with the storylines. To me, Joe was a transition, but if you bring Page in there, it's a different circumstance. And you having a back and forth with Adam Cole at that point. I think Paige still has to beat Cole, but it's going to be more of a slow burn, slow develop type thing. Maybe Paige just has it for three, four months, and then Adam Cole shows up. It, Adam Cole doesn't need to show up at the season premiere. He could show up, and we don't even know if there is a season premiere when that would be. Right. Again, I'm, speculation out the ass this week. From Camp yeah. Rushers. 
Exactly. And like, if I'm thinking my mind for Jericho to lose this title, I'm looking at revolution. That's oh, yeah. that time frame right now. So we're talking into May, June, something like that, that Adam Cole could show back up or whatever it is. But do you, or, is he off of TV until then? That's holy moly. Well, that's a, that's a whole long time, but I don't know exactly the extent of his injury. So maybe it requires that or they're just playing the long game on this because at the end of the day, if they're going to have two rosters, they have to separate the roster somehow with ROH and AEW. And you can pretty easily do that. And I think with Adam Cole, you can make that argument that he is strictly an ROH style wrestler through and through. And he would run that brand. And no disrespect. Yes, we're going to talk about the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Yeah, we know the Cowboy shit won it. But does anybody think, does anybody think that he wins it in Cincinnati against Mox? If anything, if any title change happens in Cincinnati, and I don't think it will, it's MJF cashing in that poker chip and stealing a hometown victory from them. And you've seen this across the board. WWE does not let you win in hometowns. AEW gives you wins in hometowns. Yeah, and they they cut off uh, prominent wrestlers' entrance music when you face them in hometown, yeah. uh, a la Suzuki. <laughs> Revert back before we talk to talk about the Lights Out match that happened last week. Sammy and Kingston, I, I, I love these guys. I, I Like, Kingston is the rough, gruff uncle that just wants to backhand you when he finds out you had your first beer at 14. And again, Sammy's, uh, Sammy Guevara is my man crush. Yeah. Uh, this is as brutal as we thought it was going to be uh, for the 10 moments of the match. I'm surprised we had a reverse decision in this to be honest, and how they went about it. But I guess at the end, do you think this ended here? I don't. I don't either. I think this is going on. I think this is going until, what, full gear? It's got to. Probably. And that one's going to be a stipulation match of some sort. And I can't even imagine what kind of danger, diabolical situation they're going to put each other in on that, in that regard. So. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Um... Lights out match between Stark, Starks and Hobbs. I think we essentially knew that Starks was going to win this. Yeah. We've seen some lights out matches that were lights out matches. <sighs> this one didn't cut it for me. The past, this one in the last one didn't cut it for me. And that was, I think that was OC and Adam Cole, if I yeah. remember correctly. They just did not feel like that lights out unsanctioned type match. And maybe we're spoiled from Brit and Thunder trying to kill each other in that one. It just did not have that level of ferocity and just like hatred there. I know these guys are supposed to hate each other. Hobbs turned on them. It just did not feel like a lights out match. It felt like a no DQ. Hey, we're trying to normal Wednesday night, Friday night match. Exactly. Exactly. They they did their best. It gave Starks a victory, but it doesn't even count because it's unsanctioned. So at the end of the day, it's pride that won yeah. in this match. 
So, all right, to dynamite. Anything else on Rampage? First off, no. Uh, I'm trying to look through my notes. Nothing. Nothing worth calling out. I don't think. Yeah, I didn't. Me neither. Uh, dynamite. I love the celebration. I love the suits. Fucking Luigi Primo. Who the fuck would have thought Luigi was going to be in the ring? Why is he there? Like, good for him. Good for him because they ordered, what, six pizzas? No, he was strictly there. This was a sports entertainment angle through and through. I knew what Jericho was doing. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He was there to entertain the masses and to get knocked out. And he did. He got knocked out. He got knocked the fuck out. Lil Tony's tweeting at him right now. But Sammy and Ty just there to eat pizza. Nothing else. That's all they did. Respect. I mean, honestly, if I was in that ring in a purple suit, that's all I'd be doing. Because I'd be looking like fucking Grimace at that point, and we're just sitting there eating. Let's let's (laughs) turn right into that curve. Turn right into that curve. Sammy and Ty, obviously, way hot. Yeah, right? Oh, man. This is this is a little note that I got. It was in Philadelphia this week, and I don't know if many people got this, but I am so happy because I don't want to talk about the match between Danielson and the other idiot. Why? Because it's fucking daddy magic. <laughs> I am so happy that Bryce Remsburg got the first match at Temple University because that's where he's from. That's oh. where he went to school. I did not. I did not know that. So that is fantastic. Yep. He uh, he tweeted something this week that I died and literally almost died choking on. Him and Kingston go way back to uh, Chikara, other indies, this, that, and the other thing. And when they were growing into the business together, Bryce would ride with Eddie or vice versa, and. Bryce was always like, I need to get back to Temple. I need to get back to Temple. For years, Kingston thought Remsburg was Jewish because he had to get to Temple. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't realize he needed to get back to Temple University. <laughs> yeah, how's that? <laughs> That's... <laughs> That right, fucking great. Oh my he god! He shared that story this year, this week. I mean, Did, oh, can I ask you this real quick? Did you see Brian Hebner shooting on fucking Remsburg this week? Just calling him out for being over the. He top. kills the business. Yeah, he kills the business. Sit down, man. Yeah, shut up. I I personally find Remsburg very entertaining. And look forward to when he's the referee of the match because I think he adds a fantastic element to the match. Things that we have not seen in at least 20 years from a referee. You listen to even indie kids that come on the show and talk. They they pay respect and everything to the referee in the ring because they know it's three people in the ring. If it's a one-on-one match. You know, I'm I'm saying one-on-one match. There's three people in the ring that are showcased during that match. Yep. Wrestler X, wrestler Y, and then the referee. I 
don't need Remsburg being Angel Hernandez, baseball reference of like, yeah. t- but when both of them are down and he's counting to 10 and it's over fucking sold, like Michaels and Hogan, bring that back around. <laughs> it's the perfect spot for the referee to do that. Yeah. Like his 10 count takes a minute and a half, but good. Yep. There's still something going on. So, yes, Hebner. Perp. I just gave him the bird, by the way. Yeah. Um, are we going to get Yuta and MJF before we get MJF cashing in? I I think so. I feel like this is brewing for Cincinnati, if not. No, it's next week, isn't it? Because I think I did see that. It was announced the next week. Oh, is it officially next week? Oh, yeah, he did say, I'll see you yeah. next week. I'll see you next week. Yeah, it's definitely next week. So yeah, we're definitely getting them for next uh, before the cash in. Uh, this was better this week. Yuda, I'm not saying he's on MJF's level, but he was went to public the, speaking. He was Class. better in the public speaking. Uh, this was not a full grown adult versus elementary school students. He might have graduated to middle school, high school type area. Yuda's finally feeling his own in that. Um, so, I love that he attacked him in the booth. Thank God somebody attacked, jumped yes. him in the fucking skybox. So, yeah, I think he's not winning. No. Definitely MJF winning, but the firm, the firm, the firm's gonna do something to make sure he doesn't win. Yeah. Uh, I also like, and I love Tony Schiavone. Probably my childhood person that I listened to the most and got me into wrestling, telling the stories. He's a fat old prick. (laughs) (laughs) The only man that can get away with calling Tony Schiavone a fat old prick, and we laugh about it on this show. Right. And it's it's honest. And yeah, it's beautifully done. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Schiavone from wrestling to baseball back to wrestling. I, I want to be Mark Shivani. I really do. <laughs> um, what do you think about? We, we talked about uh, Bandito and Jericho. How we love the match, essentially. How we love Bandito, and then he hugs uh, Tony Khan essentially right after the taping was over. Gets offered a contract. Hopefully, he signs it. I'm going the other way. Juice Robinson needs a contract as well. I completely agree. Um... I have terrible, terrible bias. Terrible. When he was terrible, C.J. Parker, the uh, environmentalist in NXT, long time ago, he has certainly grown away from that. I love Juice Robinson. Rock hard, Juice Robinson. Um, can we get him signed? Wait, he, he's free agent. Apparently he's free agent. He said he's not going back to New Japan either. Yeah, so... I think the writing's on the wall here. Your fiance is the AEW interim world women's champion. Right. I think you have a nice little home there. You could definitely find yourself in a title hunt or something. But, Mark, let's play off of that a little bit here. That does introduce the Bullet Club to AEW. Again. Again, but with a legit... Yes, again... But now there's a full-time Bullet Club member, a part of the roster, instead of 
oh, hey, we're good friends. You're not technically in the Bullet Club, but we're still good friends. You know, that type of relationship, now we have a legitimate member. There's a little bit more at play there that could kind of take away with Adam Cole, or if they actually do bring back the Elite, which probably they are at some point, that whole scenario starts playing out a little bit more for one of these pay-per-views coming up. Or the denounce that. I don't think he has yet. Does he? I don't know. I mean, I associate with Bullet Club anymore with New Japan. I would agree with I mean, that. We, we've seen Jay White, da, 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 people just bebopping around, but like it's a New Japan thing. Yeah. And I understand it trickles. AJ, Finn, Adam. But, they were, but here's the thing with that. They were all kicked out by the time they trickled out. When every time they left, they got kicked out. By Omega, by AJ, in Finn's case, by, in Adam's case, it was, I think it was by Kenny or somebody. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think we start seeing the branch out more and more here. Impact's already got the good brothers. I think they're still under contract there. They're still Bullet Club members. What's AEW got? They don't have a full-time member there. I think we start seeing the seeds planted to do more with the Bullet Club and make it a more universal worldwide organization than what it is right now. Seeds take a while to grow. If Juice is the first one, seeds take a little bit to grow. I think we need to... I agree. I agree it's with a, you. It's a slow burn. But we can't... Juice Robinson's here. Everybody's here. Does it burn? It, but here's the thing. Is it setting the seeds up for Forbidden Door 2 next year? Yes. I agree. So I think this is a perfect time to start introducing them, start getting the things solidified. You don't break them off. It's it's opening a lot of possibilities up. Yeah. That's, that is a slow burn. Yeah. That is a slow. That's a. There's kindling right now. It's very much kindling. It's not even a match towards the kindling at this point. Matches in the box still. Yeah, we're still making probably. The yeah, we're still making the kindling, and we're still making the match to even go into a box at this point. I'm gonna get so much shit right now, and I'll take it. Soraya marked for herself. That was a rough. I love, love Soraya, Paige, all of her, everything. She lost it. And it's just for this week. Like, she was happy to be back. You saw it. I got pictures from somebody that was in Philadelphia that I know. Yes, she was in it. And it's okay. Wow. Even on commentary, she was... Still happy to be there. Let yeah. me just say it that way. I think I, I she's in the honeymoon phase right now, and at that point, that day is the one. Only, day, yeah. At, at that point, that is the only time you think that bringing up that Brit's name rhymes with shit would work and fly in the Philadelphia crowd or anything close to that. So, you know, I'm gonna give her once she gets out of that honeymoon phase. We're gonna see the old. Soraya, the old page back. Right now, she's still in that honeymoon phase, and it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little cringeworthy. But in that, to that point, 
nothing against her. It's been five years since she's been in front of a live crowd, working a live crowd, even doing anything in front of a live crowd. So this is this is new territory right now. And excuse me, she's in a whole new jungle. This is not WWE live crowds, ladies and gentlemen. This is something totally different. This is professional wrestling. She's got to learn to adapt and get her message across to that crowd. Or she just might as well join the Jericho Appreciation Society and be a sports entertainer. Touche. Deep against Tony was an awesome match. Again, um, never really thought Deep was going to get it, but I enjoyed the match. Um, I love how they got Hater out before the finish. Just Mm -hmm. having her chase Willow for a little bit. Yep. It's a little story. It's a little story. I don't know if you caught on to it. Listen, I Hater's going to be the next. Hater's going to be the next. Yeah. It's just win. Everybody wants it. It's there. And I think Tony knows. So that's why it's like there's going to be shenanigans of flow coming up real quick. Get her out of the way. Don't have her be involved in whatever happens. Carry on your way. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, she's next. We're not going to have an acclaimed 2.0 moment here. It's when the title match happens, it's happening. Yeah. So I completely agree with you. They had to get her out of the way, get her out of even anything remotely to the end of that match. It's protecting her at this point. Yeah. That's where we're at. And the last thing I have for the week, what are you doing for National Scissor Day on Wednesday? Well, I mean, outside of watching the acclaimed. <laughs> well, I don't, I can't say scissor me daddy ass, um, but we're just going to enjoy it. Just enjoy what the acclaimed brings for us. Do you expect a whole big celebration or do you expect just scissor me daddy ass to happen? I hope we get, oh, scissor me daddy, oh, scissor me daddy, over and over. I I jumped out of the garbage truck on Monday to see one of my close friends and his wife and his child hanging outside. That close friend is Nick Galbo, who I went to wrestling with. And the first thing that came out of my mouth as his wife was holding his child was scissor me, mama ass. And then she just rolled her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Nick lost his shit. I mean... (laughs) She's like, get away from me. That is you too is shit. Get away. And and she wouldn't she wouldn't scissor me. I Texas mean, lost his shit, by the way, folks. I get it. Here's the thing. I gotta give her props for at least knowing what you were saying to her and not like what the fuck is like going off the deep end with what you said. She at least knew in context what you meant by scissor meat. She knew the contact. That's it. That's yeah, exactly. I'm glad she knew the context of it. (laughs) Like if you were to walk up to Kimberly 
Me and she would have no idea what that context is. It'd be like, what the fuck? Kelly would neither. Kelly yeah. would neither. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm laughing at. At least you do the context and could be like, all right, just get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I didn't plan it. It just, I, I saw Nick and I had the fingers ready and I might have was thinking to say it to him and he would have given me the scissors. But I looked at her and the, I think Jordan's two now, the two-year-old that loves the garbage truck and like, scissor me, mom ass. And she's just. Now, the best part of this would have been if you got a text later that day and the two-year-old's running around saying, scissor me, mama ass, scissor me, mama. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had it on the good side of the line. Now you've taken it to the other side. I'm just saying. She doesn't know what it is. Two-year-olds run with language. You would have started something. I. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Son of a bitch. Oh, my gosh. That's all I got. <laughs> what a what a way to end it. Um, the only thing I got is Ricky Starks looked... Did you see Ricky Starks' opponent break when he pinned him? Because I thought that was... I just wanted to call that out because I thought that was hilarious. Just the way that match ended quickly, but the way it uh, all went down. But that's all I got. The only thing I got this week. Yeah. yeah you know, nothing, nothing wrong. Nothing long. Nothing long. long. All right, guys. Again, we'll remind you. There's several ways that you can get a hold of us because next week is Ask Can Crushers. You can get us on any of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Slide into our DMs. Ask us a question there. Send it to cancrusher69 at gmail.com. Or... You could, if you'd love to hear your voice, because we would like some of these ones on air. We'll answer them. 814-299-6687. Call us. Leave us a short message. You do have up to three minutes. I may edit some of them to get it down if you stumble or anything like that, Cody. Um, but get, get your things in. We want to make this big. We've gotten a couple in that I've had in the hopper now for a couple weeks because we've been mentioning it over and 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 over that this is coming up. We pulled the trigger. It's next week. Hot topics right off the bat. All Ask Can Crushers, and I hope it's like an hour and 15 minutes of Ask Can Crushers, and then we can dive into our predictions of Extreme Rules, which is the same night. Jenks will not get a title defense yet because he has to earn it. He is definitely lost. I, I might have to defend my title against somebody else That's for Jenks fine. to get this six-pack back in his vision. That's perfectly fine. I am shooting for the stars on some of these. Um, when you when you get done uh Coboing and all that. Uh, I'm done. That's it. Just get your goddamn math qu- can crush your questions in, is what I'm saying. There you go. Fair enough. There's some breaking news happening right now. I'm kind of sad on the professional wrestling front. Uh, Antonio Inoki has died. Um, oh, my God. Tony Khan just tweeted about it three minutes ago, so I have no details about it, but yeah. Um, so rest in peace, Antonio Inoki. Wow. A pioneer, to say the least. Uh, probably understating what he has meant to the world of professional wrestling and sports in general. Uh, this fight with Muhammad Ali at it's, yeah, 
so I just literally saw this. Um, yeah. Just keep talking. Uh, I, I need I, to. Unfortunately, this uh, is a very sad day, obviously, in wrestling as a whole. There's no way to say, no way around that is the, what that man has meant to the professional wrestling business as a whole is cannot be understated. Yeah, th- this is a rough way to end it. Um, 12-time yeah. professional wrestling world champion, notable first IWGP champion, first Japanese WWF heavyweight champion, even though it's not recognized by the WWE. Yep. Um the amount of people that he has trained and just sought after. Uh, ring names, Little Tokyo, Tokyo Tom, Antonio Inoki, uh, Killer Inoki, Kazo Inoki. Unbelievable. Holy cow. Started his career in the 60s. We're going to go a little bit long, folks. Started his career in the 60s for Japanese Wrestling Association and essentially just took the business by storm. You brought up Muhammad Ali, Flair in North Korea, uh, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010. Yeah. Is- Sad day here, September 30th, as we're recording. Holy cow. Unreal. I mean, this is just... And he, he's had fights with Hogan. He's had fights with... You name it, he's fought it. And let's be honest, I think a lot of Japan wrestling, New Japan in general, New Japan pro wrestling, I think is owes Antonio Noki so yeah. much. This is... This is completely unfortunate. This um, is crazy. Well, it ended on a somber note, but it's sad and it it hurts. Yeah, uh, to see that. We'll we'll raise beers tonight for Antonio as we go off the air. But I'm sure Jenks and I. This is something we'll we'll have to spend some few minutes next week uh, to start the show talk a little bit more, you know, you get some, maybe want some matches or this or that, and this bring some more before we dive into the hot topics and then slowly roll into Ask Can Crushers, um, Antonio Inoki. Yeah, you're good, man. So, uh, can't do it upbeat, but remember, guys, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. You're a trash can, not a trash cannot.